When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody else. And this is Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to, to Tell, tell on, on the Pod. pod. Uh, it's a podcast. It's a, no, you go, you go. No, no, it's a, it's a, uh, no you. No, it's it's a, a, and then we just run away from our microphones. And then we run. <laughs> um, this podcast is sort of like what the voyage of the Mimi was for like boats, except for like ghosts. We're like... It's entertaining, but it's edutaining. Mm. It's educational. It's about scares and frights and feeling spooky and feeling um, ghosty. I think it's really good. And I I also want to give a quick shout out to one person who gave us a one star review, which I did take a screenshot of. It's not the first one. No, there's two. Um, There's two. uh, It's uh, the... The title of it is boring dot dot dot. It's mm-hmm. one scar. It's from NV Allen. So Allen, who lives in Nevada, which is, we can all agree, our demo. <laughs> um, still waiting for you to tell a scary story. Please stop rambling on about how you met and what boring interactions you've had. And Andrew, this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted people to yell I at us for not telling enough scary stories. Thank God. We were waiting for, we were like, it was only a matter of time because listen, Anna and I have so many more boring interactions and, uh, and stories about how we met. Um, to come. So like, oh, please God. keep tuning in. Uh, there will be no more scary stories from this point forward. It will just be um, different like descriptions of breakfasts we've had. Um, yeah. Uh, about like different frozen yogurt experiences and mishaps. The sensation of a lukewarm beverage uh, swirling around in your mouth, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. Does um, that sound good? So thank you, Alan. Uh, everything <laughs> we do is for you from now on. <laughs> Good luck with um, getting your kids to talk to you again. <laughs> Not to be nasty. I'm just assuming. No, no, no. And yeah, um, it's, it's. I mean, for me, like both of the one star reviews we've got, I've been like, you know, that's fair. Um, like I don't have, I don't have it. I don't have much animosity, but I also think like the version of the podcast that he's looking for to me is so funny, which is just like, it begins and it was like, we're Anna and Andrew. Here's the story. Goodbye. <laughs> like. Yeah, like that's that's its own thing. There are like there are journalistic um, investigations of ghosts mm-hmm. and they're on Discovery Channel all day long. Yes, correct. I, I invite you to check it out. And, and then if you want it to be a podcast, you can just uh, turn around and face away from your TV. <laughs> there oh, you there you go. And yeah, there are what, what's been so delightful about um, making this podcast is also being introduced to like the wide, amazing world of scary story podcasts, both fictional and true stories and urban legends and things. So there's so many options to choose from. We're a couple of dorks. Uh, 
who often don't know how to interact properly in a party setting. So um, if you want to... I'm pretty sure I'm on the spectrum. (laughs) That's my new thing this week. I think I might. Yeah. I'm like, interacting with other people, right? (laughs) But see, see, I don't know. (laughs) I, I would so much rather hear your take on a thing. Um, or at least, or at least like there's room in the pantheon for that, you know, like sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to lore and sometimes I'm in the mood to, you know, listen to Ladybird, uh, whimper and whine. And like when I'm in that mood, our show's great for that. Yeah. Um, Um, well, she's in donut mode right now. She just, she's in a circle. (laughs) Um, and thanks to everyone who gave us five star reviews, which is most of you. It's so nice. Yeah. We really do appreciate that. We absolutely beat off to it. Thank you for that. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so why don't we get started? This is a Monday. It is. Uh, believe it or not. Um, and because it's Monday, it is a scary story time and I think it's my turn. Yeah. So buckle your, buckle your belts up Mm -hmm. and get ready to be scared. Yeah. We've been meaning to talk to you about like how you just leave your belt unbuckled all the time. And it will be like, Yeah. We're just not sure if it's, if that's, is this a style thing? Um, is it kind of like, I don't know, like crisscross wearing stuff backwards or like, do you just not know that your belt is not buckled? Your belt is open and it looks like you peed and you're old. So get it buckled <laughs> and get ready for scares. I can hear Alan from Nevada seething right now. He's like, you were so close to telling the story. Oh, we tease. We tease. I hope he still listens. Anyway, um, this story is from More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, second book of three. Uh, It is a story that I full on forgot about. Um, And when I came across it, I was like, oh, yeah, that one. And so I thought, like, what better time of year than this time right now when we're like, what do we do than to read the story that I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. It is called The Bed by the Window. (gasps) Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. The three old men shared a room at the nursing home. Their room had only one window, but for them, it was the only link to the real world. I'm immediately sad. I'm immediately sad. See, this is what liberals want. They want all of us to end up in death panel facilities like this. Three men to a room? Three men? Three is a weird number. Mm-hmm. It's a weird number in general for friend groups. It's hard. Oh, yeah. You're just begging for tension, like gang ups, two against one. Yeah. It, it feels like a group, but it's it's not. Um, also, like, you need more than one window. Also, let them out of the room. <laughs> no, that's the only link to the real world. What the hell? I don't know. Get him a damn television. <laughs> Um, on Emma's for murder. At my grandma's nursing home, uh, there was like a room where there was like the movie room. And uh, I was always amazed at like what movies they chose to put on it. Um, one of them was uh, that like the 2003 version of the time machine with like uh, Samantha Mumba and uh, the guy from oh. the guy from Memento, Guy Pierce. <laughs> And I was like, this is serving like none of these people. They're just watching in horror as like the Morlocks are attacking the Eloy. Like it was just a very unsettling experience for everybody. And I was like, can you just play them TMC? Like that's what that's what everyone wants. I think that is who those movies are for. Mm -hmm. Like the Count of Monte Cristo is not for young people who are still working. Oh, 
I, listen, I saw The Count of Monte Cristo in theaters when I was 14, and I was like, this is for me, but I'm also a 75-year-old man and always have been. My very first date ever was to The Count of Monte Cristo <laughs> with the boy from my karate class who so, later flirted with neo-Nazism. Oh, that's right. That's, that's hard. Good. Um, but that's not the one who currently uh, deals in pet birds, correct? No, okay. different. Different people. I went to a big high school. <laughs> okay. uh, so, more than three people okay go ahead <laughs> um so yeah three old men sharing one room they have one window in this nursing home and T- it sucks and it sucks ted conklin who had been there the longest had the bed first name next- last name first name last name this one's crazy because there are multiple people with first and last names in this story which is always oh, a gag. good ted conklin who had been there the longest had the bed next to the window when ted died the man in the next bed, George Best, took his place. And the third man, this is the third person with a first and last name, Richard Green, took George's bed. We're getting kind of caught up in semantics and I'm already confused. Is George Best Pete Best's brother? And mm-hmm. if not, why tell us his last name? And the kind of orienting of like, he died and now he's taking his bed and then he's taking his bed. And I'm sort of like, aren't kids supposed to be able to just tell these off the top of their heads? So George Best, Richard Green, and Ted Conklin. Ted Ted Conklin. Conklin. These are all newscasters that have died that that I'm like, oh, my God, that's right, Ted Conklin. You know? Yeah, it's like newscaster names in a porn about the news. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why my version of making Ted Conklin more porny was I was like, Ted Bonklin? Is bonking a thing in sex? (laughs) Yes, that's perfect, Andrew. Thank you. Richard Richard Peen. And oh, that George is good. Best George Brest? Asshole. George <laughs> You know. George, George Brest hyphen asshole. <laughs> Something for everybody. It's got it all. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Go, so, go, go, go. Ted is dead. George is now looking out the window. Richard is in George's old bed. No, no replacements. So, now it's just the two of them. Fine. Despite his illness, George was a cheerful man who spent his days describing the sights he could see from his bed. Pretty girls, a policeman on horseback, a traffic jam, a pizza parlor, a fire station, and other scenes of life outside. We're to assume this is New York City, I guess. Sure. And not to say, like, I'm just saying at this point in time, um, I feel like uh, seeing a pizza parlor and a policeman on horseback kind of puts it in us, like either Chicago or, yeah. or New York. Yeah. Also, like I pictured these things passing his window. So by the time they got to pizza parlor, I pictured it on wheels (laughs) or like the way a bush in a cartoon would like reach down and pull up itself. And then you'd see its legs wearing like um, pantyhose and high heels and then it would like tiptoe down the road. That's what I'm picturing. It also kind of supposes that that they're always in their beds. I know. know? They're not. This sucks. These people have. Just their their lower backbones are just poking through their skin. They're not. They got bed sores. Yeah, one time, um, uh, one time, uh, I was with like uh, I was getting my like yearly physical, and something something came up about like, oh man, aging is so scary, blah blah. And uh, and my my doctor was like, well, don't worry. Like they say that really the most important thing as you get older is being flexible. And as long as you're flexible, then everything's fine. And I was like, oh, great. I am the least flexible person imaginable. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. I'm already trying. I, I should got to stretch. I should do yoga. But I just I don't like I don't know. I don't like sweating on a mat. You know, 
It's hard. Yeah, I think you can do it on a carpet. That's true. But then if I'm doing it in a group, if it's a carpeted yoga studio, that feels like I'm going to That's get... what all pure bar studios are. <gasps> like all bar classes. Are carpet. You, they're which... all carpet? It's super fucked up at first and then that just becomes your baseline. That, that doesn't it doesn't register as weird for me anymore. <laughs> that feels like it's gonna it's like a breeding ground for a new horrible form of athlete's foot. That well, like makes you barf blood or something. Yeah, athlete's blood. <laughs> <laughs> um I also uh, just to get back to the story, I yes. do think that they should just put up a bunch of mirrors so that oh, you can see out the window. Good point. But if these men are not getting out of the bed, there there's bigger problems. Yeah. Also, these people have zero other stimulus or stimuli. Like, there's no radio. There's like they're not bringing a magician in. Like, we're just talking about the window. They can't bring the the college sophomore who plays guitar and wants to be a music therapist in. To oh my god! A- after play their favorite songs. After the story, I have to tell you. I have to tell you a boring story from my past. So stay tuned. Oh, I can't wait. That's for you, Alan. Do it for Alan. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Richard loved to listen to George. But the more George talked about life outside, the more Richard wanted to see it for himself. Yeah. Yet he knew that only when George died would he have his chance. He wanted to look out. Oh, Lady Bird. The tension. Oh, she warble. No, go lay down. She felt the tension. She wants to look out the window. She also can't see out the window because she's too short. <laughs> oh. He um, wanted to look out that window so badly that one day he decided to kill George. He, he's going to die soon anyway, he told himself. What, a, what difference would it make? George had a bad heart. If he had an attack during the night and a nurse could not get to him right away, he had pills he could take. What? How long are we talking about? How long would it take the nurse to get there? This place doesn't have electricity. It's got a nurse who's there one day a week. Patty? Yeah. Like- Patty. <laughs> oh, it's okay. If you get hurt, there's an alarm. It's called you yell the word Patty. <laughs> Patty. Is your name Patty? <laughs> no, I'm Karen, but P- Patty retired. We just, we, we keep to this method. They call me the Patty. I'm the Patty now. <laughs> Did you go to nursing school? No, no. I'm just a Patty. Patty, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> we talked with Hurry. Paul. We talked with Paul F. Tompkins about the, the most uh, distressing last word for you to have, which would be Halloween. But um, <laughs> but I also I also will accept Patty, I'm dead to someone who's not named Patty. Patty, Patty, I'm dead. I thought your name was Karen. It is. Yep. Patty. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Um, so he, uh, da, 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 da. George kept the pills in a bottle on the top of the cabinet between his bed and Richard's. All Richard had to do was knock the bottle to the floor where George could not reach it. Oh my God! Oh, 
I don't like it. No. And then this is the biggest shock of all. It just goes, next paragraph. A few nights later, George died just as Richard had planned he would. We completely overlook the scary, like, the horror of the tension of, like, he's, like, oh, like, grasping his chest. I guess they just don't have time to do that. I guess it was scary for kids. Yeah, I, I guess grappling with uh, grappling with the grandpa realities dying? of grandpa dying would be rough. <laughs> also, don't we give can, kids any ideas. Yeah, we can talk all day about wolves scalping a bride or whatever, but <laughs> that because it has no context for kids. A, a grandpa dying—that's wow. that's nine eleven. That the is... wolves who scalped <laughs> the bride. <laughs> <laughs> that's for Alan. That's for Alan. That's a spooky story. Uh, okay. So yeah, wow, Richard got his way. And the next morning, Richard was moved to the bed by the window. Now he would see for himself all the things outside that George had described. After the nurses had left, Richard turned to the window and looked out. But all he could see was a blank brick wall. That's a Twilight Zone ending of a kind of unremarkable Twilight Zone episode. You know, it's about appreciating artists. (laughs) Wow, Anna, you should teach. (laughs) No, that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said. (laughs) No, that. But honestly, that does feel like. Oh man, if I was a sophomore taking, you know. Revelations and scary storytelling in the American Northeast. Like <laughs> that sentence, I'd be like, wow, I'm every cent I'm paying for this class is worth it. Yeah, the first word of the class would be conversations, colon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so okay. Oh my God, every college class is a conversation. It's so annoying. <laughs> in conversation with, go in. Um, yeah, so this story. Ooh, what's scary about this? Okay. Or what's your baseline? What are your reactions? Um, Baseline reaction. I remembered my reaction to this when I was a kid was I didn't understand um, the I didn't understand the concept of dramatic irony Um, or I didn't understand like a a like a comeuppance in the end that was not related to like being hurt, you know. Um, Uh So I thought what happened was. Like the ghost of dead George had manifested to like block his view, <laughs> which is which is good, which is taking a big step. Now I see that it's just like, oh, George was senile and was was like describing some stuff that wasn't oh, there. Oh, interesting. I just saw it as he was being kindly and like entertaining himself and the person who couldn't see. Oh, that's so much scarier. That he was like being sweet. Oh, and um, then he that's got. That's why. Ki- oh, that sucks. He got killed. I know. And like, I remember as a child, and I still feel this way, feeling really bad for Richard Green, the murderer. <laughs> I know. Because it's so sad. It's so sad. He did something wrong, and it's sad. And now he feels bad. This is the kind of thing, like, why I'll never quite be a great writer. Is that like I am so destroyed when characters feel bad or mm-hmm. don't get what they want it actually i find it to be overpoweringly sad i'm <laughs> <laughs> like way too open i shouldn't tell anyone no about no this. no no but like it just lays me out if a character gets taught a lesson i feel so bad for the character <laughs> Anna, that that's it makes so you sweet die. 
<laughs> oh, because you're so empathetic. I. It's just how I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think it's funny. I I've, I probably have mentioned this before. When I when I used to teach playwriting to to freshmen at NYU, um, I had one year where like the students kind of rebelled against me, and they were like, "Plays don't need <gasps> conflict," and I was like, "What?" I was like, yeah, oh. yes, they do. And then they were like, no, they don't. Like, we'll prove it to you. And then, like, for three weeks, they kept bringing plays into class that were, for lack of a better term, jewelry commercials. Like, they were all like, will you marry me? Yes, I will. Thank you so much. The end. Like, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> <That> <laughs> was... <laughs> Saying thank you so much after being proposed to really funny. Oh my god, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then and then they would all be like, "See?" And I'd be like, "No, this is a jewelry commercial." They're, like Zales has more tension than this does. Yeah, at least in Zales, like one of them's gay, or it's like the stepdad for, asking the son. Yeah, for in, the, in the background, like, a, a old woman like bumps her nose into a glass door. Like you know, there's something. <laughs> Um, but a kid justifies doing cocaine as like, well, mom does it. <laughs> but they but then, grit. But then I was like, then I was like, okay, so what are are there plays or or you know stories that that don't have conflict that you like? Like maybe there's something I'm not aware of, and they'd be like, the play we just read, and I'd be like, right, but something outside of that, like what what do you like that doesn't have conflict? Um, yeah, it was nothing. like nothing, nothing. But then again, like. Sometimes I will watch shows or movies and when I know the like dramatic turn is coming of something I've already seen, I'll like just watch the fun montage and then be like, I can't handle this right now with the rest. Oh, you know? can't handle anything. A classic, a classic version of that is just watching the first VHS of Titanic. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah, that's a really um, good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it like, is a really good point. It's like you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's like you know that. Do you know that? Like when sometimes when middle schools and high schools do Into the Woods, they only do the first act. Oh, isn't that very funny? Like before the, what? Like the the the, the, the the end of the first act is like, and everyone got their wish, and everything's like everyone everyone's happy, everything turned out fine, and then like the whole <laughs> deal is at the very end of that, like Cinderella's like, I wish. And then you like go into the second act and it's like they had their happy ending. But now what now? You know, like stuff doesn't sure. end when you get what you want. Um, but then so many middle schools and high schools just end when it's like and everything's possible and nothing. No price has to be paid. <laughs> like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. I do kind of love that. I like that. Yeah. The, and then the awareness that a child would get later to be like, there's a second act. You know, like oh, devastating. Yeah, like Jack's That's mother gets bludgeoned to death. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> the only part I can remember is James Corden in an apron, and I'm trying to remember what song he sings. And the only song I can think of is the Sugar Butter song from Waitress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a true best of. Yeah, I remember having a very surprising revelation in watching that movie that I was like, I'm am I into James Corden? Like it was a very Oh really? Yeah. It was very surprising to me. I mean, it's like I know the obvious thing in that is to be like Chris Pine and the the other actor who plays the prince, but like I don't know. I, I don't know. I, maybe it was the apron. A guy who I can get bake. It. I don't know. I fully get it. <laughs> I don't not get it. I don't know. Um and speaking of not getting it, this story, Richard Green. Yeah, 
And poor George. So here's my my thought is like, what's the moment after this for Richard? You know, does he just die out of shame? You know, um, I think he jerks off. Oh, sorry. no. <laughs> sorry. I have a bit. Vi- was like, oh, he's so bored. This is a very basic question that I feel like will make sure. me sound like I'm, you know, a literal child. Do old it. men jerk off? Like, I, um, I don't think so. Yeah. I think. I think um I think that's why Viagra is a thing and also right, they gotta save it up. Like asphyxiation is more thing. Risk later. of heart attack, yeah. At least if you you're doing to, it with someone oh no, else. Like the 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 like the belt thing, the <gasps> autoerotic thing. Oh. Which I learned what that was from an episode of X Files. I had to ask my mom what it was. There I is, think I was eleven. There is not a single crime related show that does not have an auto asphyxiation episode. Like, isn't that it's crazy? It's too funny. It's too funny to people. <laughs> I know. I find it to be the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, I think what's scary to me about that is like the moment you realize that's what you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Hmm. Like, oh, this is me. This well, thing that other people do is mine now. <laughs> right. Like, when did you realize that? Well, okay. So, if George, okay. if, if Richard, if Richard was not going to jerk off, um, yeah. What do you think he would do? I feel like it very much kind of in the milieu of the scary stories universe, like go crazy forever, which would not be much uh-huh. longer because it seems like, um, uh. Or like go kind of crazy and then just become the person describing the stuff he sees. And if the story were to continue, like if this were the cold open of a scary show, I feel like then what would happen is he would bit by bit begin to see like the the bricks go away and behind it he sees like George's ghost, you know? Oh, wow. Or just oh. a whole world populated by by George ghosts. Yeah, just like pretty girls with pizza heads. <laughs> pretty girls with pizza, pizza heads. Head. <laughs> what a wonderful world. <laughs> it's a new version of the song. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel pretty like. Pretty girls with pizza heads. <laughs> Get the tattoo, somebody, please. Whoa. Um, um, sorry, sorry. I feel like it, it's still possible to be the first person with the scary stories to tell on the pod tattoo. Yeah. Wow. I don't think it's happened yet. And I think it could be you. Yeah. I don't wish to encourage poor decisions, but no. And I kind of feel like the, um, the, the twist of that would be like, it's like, that's the last thing we see before they like stab us with a cleaver, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm ready to get killed by a fan. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Oh, yeah. That your Wikipedia page, how it would end would be like such a twist for someone who is like, you know, a fan of SNL, <laughs> you know, to be like, oh, my God. Yeah. I love to bet Goldry. Let's see. Oh, wow. The writer was was killed by Cleaver of a fan. I don't know why I'm sticking with Cleaver. <laughs> it has to be a Cleaver. Yeah. No, I just know. Um, what other stories does this remind you of? Um, so at first what I thought was that there's another story in this book called The Window, um, which is vampire related. And I think I conflated the two in my head. Um, oh. But this story reminds me uh, like other other scary stories, you mean? Yeah. 
Oh, like of these books. I can't quite. No, it's it's weird because there's it's not only that there's this is such a more quiet, uh, unsettling social horror than like something crime related or supernatural. I know. And that's why it's so scary to me. Right. It stands alone. Like to become the kind of person who could take another human's life, even indirectly. (laughs) And then. All you got is a damn wall. Right. Oh. And then also Richard has to remember now the sounds of George struggling after he tipped his pills over. You know? Like, Ugh. that sucks. I know. Um, okay, so let's talk casting because yeah. I feel like we can have a damn field day. Oh, huge. And thanks to the Irishman, it doesn't have to just be old. Oh, yep, yep. Now we know. Anything can be anyone. Apparently. Yes. Um, um, I will say got- right off the bat, I'm watching that new Watchmen series on HBO. And <gasps> I am too. Louis Gossett Jr. is so good. Oh my God. He is, he makes it look easy. I can't believe it. He's so, so good. Oscar winner. It really, is he, what did he win for? I think, um, uh, the one with Richard Gere where he's a, an officer and a gentleman. I think. Okay, cool. He plays the wow. uh, the like drill sergeant, but yeah, he's so yeah. Good. I feel like he'd be a good Richard Green. He'd also be a good. Um, I do know all their names. Give me one second. Think, think his last name. I know it's Ted Conkling, uh-huh. Richard Green, and Ted Danson. <laughs> George Brest. Ted. George Best. <laughs> I, he'd be a good George Best. Too, yeah, I I, that's exactly what I was thinking, too, because of the yeah. storytelling. Like, I feel like that could be a really beautiful. This feels like it could be a short musical, actually, because um, I can just hear his oh, song yeah. about what he's singing. Uh, yeah. There's a banjo and a mandolin involved, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the guy in Glengarry Glen Ross? Listen to me describe it as if I'm a wife in a sitcom. Great. The guy who does the thing wrong. He does the bad thing in order to get the leads. Um, <laughs> Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Yes. I feel like a Jack Lemon would be a good um, Richard Green. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. Jack Lemon is so good. And, uh, and seeing him in a darker role, I think would be very exciting. Yeah. He'd have a blast. Oh, he'd have a blast. Um, yeah, my only other like I thought about uh Robert Duvall, you know, sure. who can go to a yes. very who can go to a very dark place. Um and then also Joel Gray. I was thinking of Joel Gray. I like Gray. that a lot. Yeah. Someone like unsuspecting. Someone who seems like he would never kill someone, but he just wants to see out a window. P.S. Yeah. He could have just sat on the bed with Richard. Sit on the bed with Richard. This is let it be a lesson to all of us. Anytime you're looking at like burning a bridge or, you know, sending an insane email to someone who maybe deserves it. Mm-hmm. Just take a deep breath, calm down and sit on the bed with George. Sit on the bed with George. Like what's what is the version of that for your life? <laughs> That's a really good. What is the version of that for your life? Is a like is, is a good thing to take away from all these stories? Think about that. Um, and then for if like the unseen nurse who we don't really are, are Patty. Um, oh yeah, Patty. I, I, is it Patty Harrison? Oh my God! Yeah, that's correct. But who's named Karen? Yeah, and and the best part is like the reason why Patty isn't getting there in time is like something like um just like she's just tying multiple just lacing up multiple pairs of new shoes. 
And she's like, I'll be, no, I'm, I have to get this all done. I need to know how it feels to wear them laced up before I mail them back. I buy, I buy four sizes per shoe. Yeah. And I try them on at home. Then I send them back. Just a, just a real shoes horse. Is that what it's a clothes horse? That's what I'm thinking of. Shoes horse is something Close, different. A shoes horse. <laughs> that I like. Yeah. I. You know what? I'm super sad because Payless Shoes is out of business. And gone are the days when I can just be like get a pair of shoes and be like, I don't care if the I don't care if I drop these in shit a minute after I walk out. You know what I mean? Like it's worth fifteen dollars, you know? And now I can't find cheap shoes anymore. Are they gone? It's I gone. was just They're in out of Atlantic business. Terminal. I was just in Atlantic Terminal Mall the other day and I didn't notice that it wasn't there. It's closed. I walked right past it. Is it's, it gone? It's closed, yeah. Damn. You know? Um and we killed it. Uh, but (laughs) yeah, what if that was the only serious thing I've ever said in the show? Um, yeah. Is there anyone else we're forgetting? Oh, um, Ted, Ted Conklin. Who's Ted? Um, Ted Conklin is going to be Ted Danson. It also is going to be, um, uh, John Hammond age makeup. Mm. Oh, wow. As like a bit, as a bit of a laugh. (laughs) He's having a bit of a laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I was thinking um, alternate for um, George is George Takai, who I feel like could be fun. Again, that oh, like wow. that, like yeah, that yeah, storytelling yeah. world. Super up. Yeah. Someone yeah. you would never want to kill. Um, yeah. Oh, that's I like this casting. I do, too. We should become casting directors. Oh, so can I tell you my boring uh, my boring anecdote about nursing homes? Yes. Okay. Yes. So. I spent a lot of times as a kid in nursing homes. My uh, maternal grandfather was in a nursing home uh, and my paternal grandmother was in a nursing home. And so I'd spend a lot of time uh, both in my childhood and then in my teenage years. And um, uh, two two little stories. One is uh, my grandfather had Alzheimer's and so he was in sort of a wing with people who had dementia. And there was this uh, old man named John Proctor who <laughs> – fully the Crucible character – um, who owned the local motel called like Proctor's on the lake. Like it was on Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh, and um, and I was a little kid and it w- I was both like intrigued by him and also terrified of him because every time I'd walk by him, he'd look at me and register as though I was his oldest friend and he would go, Johnny boy. Oh. Virtually every time I saw him. And I think I learned, um, I think I learned like in that moment, like just be part of the fantasy. I was like so young being like, yes, hello, you know, and he just was like, had all sorts of questions for me and things to fill me in on. Um, And then at my grandma's nursing home, uh, she also had Alzheimer's and and was in uh, a ward for for people who had, you know, uh, varying degrees of dementia. And um, (laughs) this is when I was like a teenager. I was probably like 17. And my mom and I used to go visit her like almost every day and went in one time. And uh, the way this was set up, it was actually a very, very nice nursing home. But they have to keep people contained in like this area that was big. I mean, it was like the size of a house. But um, the door that led to the rest of the nursing home had to blend in because they didn't want – people to like make their way out. So the door looked like a wall. Um, oh. Right. Which then if you are emerging from the wall and a person with dementia sees that happen, that is a deep shock to them. 
Um, and so my mom and I went to go visit this one time. And this lady uh, who was kind of following us around from a distance and sort of like peering around corners and we had to visit with my grandma. As we were leaving, the lady like hooked arms with me and oh. uh, said, where do you think you're going? And I said, uh, I've got to go home. And she said, you're not going to go to the wall without me in your lumberjack arms. And I was oh. like, I I laughed because also not a person with, with large forearms or lumberjack arms. Very much, very much a, um, an indoor kid. Um, so that was a surprise. And also then she wouldn't let go. And my mom just laughed and kept walking without me. And I was like, you have to help here. Like, I'm not going to be a 17 year old prying this poor little old lady off my arm and then escaping through the wall. Um, and then even though like there's such short term memory, uh, that a lot of those people have that that every time I came back, she'd always be sort of like leering at me um, suggestively. Uh, and I wonder, I hope everything turned out OK for her. It didn't. She's dead now. <laughs> I, know. I know. But maybe in the event that there's an afterlife, she found her lumberjack arms person. No, um, she didn't. There's nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They're You're not going to the wall. Like the fact that going to the wall is in the middle of that sentence and not like the huge reveal at the end is very oh, funny. Oh, and also one time I wasn't with my family when this happened, but my, my family walked by a little old lady in the dementia ward and she said to another little old lady next to them as my family walked by giants, giants all. <laughs> oh, no, there's too much scary in the world. I think about That's that almost every day. Giants, 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 giants all. all. I mean, we're a tall family, but not extraordinarily tall. Like you know, Joe Beth is tall. Yeah, That's so I, interesting. I have, I never registered that. We're between five eleven and six four. You know, That's I, I think tall. all of us, which is pretty tall. But like you know, but not not giants. <laughs> I guess if you're if you're sitting there and you've just watched a a big group of people come through a wall in the place that you live, that that might be the least crazy thing you could say. I think that's the rudest thing you can do to people who don't have a grip on reality. <laughs> be tall. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Walk through a wall. Yeah. No, that's very fair. Yeah. Gosh, there were so many. I, I, yeah. There's just an infinite amount of those stories. But did your high did your band ever go uh, high school band ever go and play for nursing home Santa? Um, my high school choir did. We went and sang oh. around the holidays. We'd go. That's and one year I had bronchitis and my dad tried to keep me home. And I, he was like, they're immunosuppressant. You should not be going there if you're sick. And I think I still went. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have to sing the alto two line of the hallelujah chorus. Otherwise, otherwise I don't know who I am. Oh my gosh. That's very good. <laughs> um, so Anna, before we go, um, what's something spooky that happened to you this week? Something spooky that happened to me this week is something spooky that I watched. Um, I started watching Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's great. It's really good. It's so good. I really like it. It's for teens, but adults can watch, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is in the Riverdale universe. Uh, I I watched it because Jason works on it. Yeah, that's Um, right. And it's hurtful to not watch the things that your <laughs> loved ones work on. Um, but I really like it. And I like all the characters. And there's a very good dream episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm such a 
I'm a, a little HO for uh, bottle episodes. They're my favorite oh, yeah. kind of television. And there's a really good bottle episode about nightmares that I enjoy a lot. That. But there's a lot of extremely spooky stuff in this show. I didn't know that there'd be ghosty and like spooky stuff. And full on devil. Witchy. Full like, on full frontal devil. Satan is so present in that show. Satan is sort of like the um, B.D. Wong of this show. <laughs> where like <laughs> he's not in every episode. Right. But. It's not unusual to see him. He brings grace and style. He's somewhere between co-star and like series regular recurring. <laughs> I, I don't know. He he shows up pretty frequently. Um, I love the, yeah, the amount of devil stuff. There's also ghosty type stuff like the way that Salem the cat looks in goblin form was oh, one of the scariest things I've seen. So I know. Scary. I was so like ill prepared. For, for, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. But it's such a smart take. It's like such a smart take on that. To it's like really completely good. reimagine our our uh, idea of like who Sabrina's. Um, oh yeah, highly yeah. Rick. It's on Netflix. Is it in its second um, season now? Um, it's the second season is about to come out. They split up the first season into two parts. Okay. So the second season will come out, I guess, in maybe March. Oh, gotcha. Lady Bird, <laughs> she absolutely screaming. <laughs> she's been everyone. She's been thoroughly walked. She's been fed. She's been treated. She's been watered. Yeah. She's just screaming to scream. It's just part of her quirky personality. Part, one of her personality traits is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> that is a spooky um, thing, Anna. Andrew, what happened to you this week that was spooky? Oh, boy. I am reading Dracula by Bram Stoker. I had, <gasps> I had never, I had not, I hadn't read it since probably high school, you know, um, and I was really kind of coasting through it back then. Um, I, A, did not realize how horny that book is. Um, is it? Yeah, it is. There's a lot. I like yeah. like the description of Jonathan Harker when the three brides come. Like in the movie, it's always like they're about to eat him, and then Dracula's like, "Stop!" But instead, like one of the brides who is described in great detail, um, like just sucks on Jonathan Harker's neck for like two pages. Whoa! And um, and he's just like, like describing it. Like no, like bef- before before there's been any uh, teeth penetration. So it's all so just, just like mouth. sucking and lipping on the neck, not not on the mouth, not kissing. Like just like describing the feeling of lips and tongue on your neck skin, which I was like, this Bram had to have been into this or like new. Like it's very sexy, but in a <laughs> he way that liked I- necking. <laughs> Um, but the other thing, what a creep. the other thing, it's very scary. It's very well done. But the other thing that I just kind of love is so much of the first like 40 pages are just Jonathan Harker talking about regional dishes he enjoys and, um, <laughs> and being like, I tried this thing called goulash and it's a great, like it's made with chicken. Oh. And, like, it's just like so unnecessary. Insane. And then there's just a part where, um, a significant part of the book in which Dracula is trying to get a sense of like what life is like in London, assumedly to like prep and blend in. And, um, he's like, so when I come, like when I come to London, um, can I have more than one lawyer? <laughs> like, it's like, a, like, he's like, uh, and do my lawyers have to know about each other or can, do I have to like, let them know that I have multiple lawyers? Um, this is not a good Romanian accent. <laughs> I think no, that rocked. Uh, thank you. But yeah, I just love that he is me talking to friends who had already moved to LA <laughs> being like, 
Do I really need a car or can I get around by Lyft? Um, if I have a business manager, am I allowed to still get my mail? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That's my spooky thing. Anna, oh, this good. has been a really fun one. Andrew, this has been a really fun one. Thank you for this story. What a good find. Yeah, thanks. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, we're, we want to share every single one of them, even the ones that maybe we forgot about. And this one was still very fun. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right. Well, Anna, you have a great rest of your day. Andrew, you have a great rest of your day. And to everyone else, including Alan from Nevada. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Fuck. I messed that one up, didn't I? Um, And mostly Alan. Get out. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.